Hello, everyone. Welcome to Easter with Luis Palau at 26 West Church Online. My name is Jose. And I'm Carmen. And we're thrilled to host you. Uh, today actually is our church birthday. Hun, we were planted eight years ago <laughs> on Easter, but who would have thought we wouldn't be in a building together? We would only be church online. I know, right now most of us are sheltering at home and churches are closed all around the world, um, but it's kind of reminiscent of when Jesus rose, right? Um, people were stuck at home, yeah. afraid. And that's where we find ourselves. We don't know what the future looks like, but we have good news. Luis Palau is right here at church with us. If you don't know Luis, he's been a friend of ours for 25 years. He has been an ambassador traveling the world, 75 countries, 30 million people face to face, hundreds of millions using the media, sharing the message of Jesus. Now he lives a couple of miles down the road and he was kind enough to say, I would love to share an Easter message. So you're in for a treat. But please uh, stay tuned afterwards. Carmen and I would love uh, to join you after and help you take your next step. Happy Easter to all of you at 26 West Church. Uh, Pastor Jose Zayas, my friend of so many years, has asked me to bring the good news of the gospel and I'm delighted to do it, to be back with you. You all know that two and a half years ago, my doctor found a spot on my left lung that he didn't like. It turned out to be a malignant tumor, cancerous, and they said there was no cure for it. Nine to 12 months and you'll be dying. That's what my doctor said the first time when he informed me of it. It was a very shaking moment, but suddenly I began to think about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's alive, he's my savior, uh, he lives in me. He's given me eternal life when I was a 12 year old boy after my father had died and went to heaven because he was a, a young man who died and went to be with Christ at age 34. And so I want to talk about the resurrection today because it's one of the most glorious subjects that God has ever revealed to us. And so, first of all, let me read to you a few verses about the day of resurrection, that Sunday morning after Jesus had died on the cross, he was buried, and then on Sunday morning, he rose from the dead. And this is what John chapter 20 says. Listen to the word of the Lord. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple that Jesus loved and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running and the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over, looked into at the strips of linen lying by, by the place where Jesus had lain. And then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He also saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside, and he saw and believed they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Now I'm going to skip to verse 18. Mary Magdalene stayed at the tomb. Jesus came out, you remember, and said to her, Mary. And when he said Mary, she recognized his voice. And she fell at his feet and clasped his feet and said, Rabbi, which means master. And then the scripture goes on to tell you this on verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, 
When the disciples were together and the doors were locked for fear of the religious leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, verse 24, one of the twelve who was not with the disciples that day when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, listen to this, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them this time. And though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and once again said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you've seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And then the passage closes with these words. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. The Holy Word of God. What a beautiful story it is. Now today, you know, there's a lot of excitement going on all over the world. There are troubles, biological problems, economic problems, business problems, wars and rumors of wars. But there are three great things that come out of the great story and the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. First of all, the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that day, which makes him alive today, uh, overthrew the grave. The cross and the resurrection destroyed the power of death and Satan and demons and fear, the, 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 the fear of eternity, the fear of hell. Jesus Christ came out of the tomb victorious after that day. And Jesus Christ said in relation to his resurrection, listen to these words that you probably know off by heart. It says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Now that is a profound statement and very important to have in our hearts as we think about the living Lord Jesus Christ, who then 40 days later ascended into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, and he's been reigning forever since then. Now, the Bible teaches that the two ways of looking at the resurrection. The first one is a spiritual resurrection. You know, all of us are dead because of sin, spiritually dead. That is, we're cut off from God. Then one day we repent. When we've heard about the Lord Jesus Christ, we believe in him. We trust him. We bow before him. 
we receive him in our hearts, and we become children of God. That is a spiritual resurrection. Our spirit and our soul come alive to God. We're not dead anymore spiritually. We're not separated from God. We've been risen with Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 3, you might remember, says, Since you are risen with Christ, keep your eyes on things above, not on things of earth. We are risen with Christ, and it's a spiritual resurrection. That's why you hear people talk and say, you know, I was born again in 1947, which was my experience. I was 12 years old, and I opened my heart to Christ, and I became a child of God, and I've known the Lord Jesus Christ ever since then. And as he said in, in John 11, uh, verse 25, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. And me, Luis Palau, I have known my spiritual resurrection since a 12-year-old boy down in South America because the missionaries brought me the reality of the cross of Christ and his resurrection, and Christ came into my heart. And now I'm in middle 80s, and yet I've still got the same eternal life thanks to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. That night, I opened my heart to Jesus Christ. I was spiritually raised from the spiritually dead. I've got eternal life. I'm a child of God. It's so exciting. But I have a question for you. Have you ever made that decision? You notice when we read a few seconds ago about Thomas in John chapter 20, and when he suddenly saw the risen Lord and he looked at the nail prints in his hands, and his side where the spear had been thrown in by the Roman soldier, he fell on his knees and said, my Lord and my God. Have you ever said that to Jesus Christ? If not, in a few minutes, I wanna give you an invitation right where you are, right at this minute, that you can bow your head before Almighty God and our Lord Jesus Christ, the risen Son of God, and say to him, my Lord and my God. Oh, I hope you do it. If you don't have the assurance of eternal life, you should have it, and you can have it. Now, the second resurrection is the resurrection of the body. And the Bible teaches us that the risen Lord Jesus one day will raise us up with him physically. Our bodies, you know, what happens when a Christian dies? When a Christian, a believer in Jesus Christ, dies, his body remains here on planet Earth. But where does the person go? The person goes to be with Jesus Christ, the soul, the spirit, the real us. We leave the body behind, which the Bible calls a tent in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, but we go straight to be with the Lord. And you know, it's such an exciting reality, the fact that when you open your heart to Christ and the moment your heart stops beating and the doctor says, He's gone or she's gone. Where are you? Your body remains on planet Earth till the day of resurrection of the body. But the person goes to be with the Lord. The Bible says, absent from the body, present with the Lord. You know, there's a couple friends of ours in Portland, Oregon, where we live. Uh, he was an engineer, one of the early engineers for the Intel Corporation, which is all over the world. And every telephone, every computer has Intel parts in it. Carl uh, was a, one of the early engineers. They moved to California, and his wife and he were supporters of us, and they prayed for us. We were friends. One day he wrote and said, you know, she's come down with an illness, and we think she's only got a few months to go. Then as the time drew near for her to die, he wrote us a letter and said, please pray for my wife. She's on her way to eternity. She's in great pain. She wants to go home. And then a few days later, she went to be with the Lord. And in his letter where he told us what happened, he was holding her in his arms. They were praying together. <laughs> they loved each other a lot. 
they were singing a hymn to the Lord. And she said to him, Carl, I want the Lord to take me home tonight. This was in the evening. And they were hugging each other, sitting by the bed, at the bed, and they prayed together. And when they finished the prayer, she said, Carl, the Lord's going to take me home tonight, and I'm ready to go. Let's pray that he take me home tonight. I don't want to be here another day. He was hesitant, but just out of love to his wife, they prayed. And that night, before the sun rose the next day, she'd gone to be with the Lord. And you know, hugging each other, loving each other, praying for each other, singing together, and going to be with the Lord. And you know, you remember that on the cross, our Lord Jesus Christ had a thief on the right and a thief on the left. And both of them mocked him together with the crowds and even the religious leaders who made mock of, mockery of the Lord. He had a crown of thorns on his head. He'd been beaten 39 times before being crucified. He was spat upon. He was slapped around the blessed Savior. And then you remember that the two thieves mocked him too. But then suddenly one of them was turned around. He was converted. He turns over to his buddy on the other side. They were both criminals. And he says, how can you mock this man? We deserve what we're getting, but this man has committed no wrong. And they, what a surprise. He turns to the Lord Jesus and he says, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom? And the Lord answers him in a very fascinating way. Truly, truly, I say to you, he said to the thief, today you will be with me in paradise. The, obviously, one of those thieves had heard Jesus speak about the kingdom and the coming of the Messiah and Israel taking over the world, which will happen. So he says, remember me when you come in your kingdom. Jesus says, the kingdom's coming, but he says to him, today you will be with me in paradise. That is so exciting. When a believer dies, just like Carl's wife, just like the thief on the cross, the moment you die, you go to be with the Lord and you're going to be with him. You remember John 17, when Jesus was praying the last prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane? And he says to the Father, at the end of chapter 17, as recorded of John, he says, Father, I want that those you gave to me should be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory, the glory that I had with you before the creation of the world. So everybody who dies believing in Jesus Christ goes straight to be with the Lord. And then what happens? The resurrection comes. But we'll come back to that in a minute. So that day, the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead and he was able to overcome the grave and death and hell and Satan and demons and fear. Everything sad and awful that happened because of our sinfulness was destroyed that day when Jesus rose from the dead. So wherever you are right now, bow your head to the Savior and open your heart to him and say to him like Thomas said, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God. And you know, when you do that, there's an enormous transformation that takes place. Ever since I was a teenager, I was always amazed at the stories that I would read about people who had been enslaved and um, uh, by drink, by drugs, by immorality, by temper, all the things that enslave us spiritually because of sin and how Jesus Christ can turn a person around 100%. We in our family have an example of one of our four sons. My wife, Pat, and I have four boys. The number three son, Andrew, who's written a book called... Uh, 
the secret life of a fool, he did not come to Christ until he was 27 years old. For many years, we had to suffer through watching him loving the world, uh, smoking three packs a day, drinking eight to 10 beers at night just to be able to sleep, doing drugs and a worldly lifestyle, and it broke our hearts. But one day at age 27, we saw an amazing change in his life. And that's what the living Christ can do for you and has done for so many millions. God says in the Bible that Christ rose from the dead over and over again. People have testified to it, and I have seen it in my life. But we saw it in our son, Andrew, how his life was revolutionized in just a few weeks, a few days, really. He was at the stadium in Kingston, Jamaica, and he decided, I'm coming back to God. I'm going to surrender to Jesus Christ. He'd never really done that before. Secondly, he went to a retreat with young people. At that retreat, an opportunity opened up, and he confessed all his sins to the Lord, one by one by one. And he told me a few weeks later when he called me, he told me that he got it off his chest, that he was able to confess to the Lord all his sinfulness and understand that Christ lived in him. And he became a new Andrew at age 27. Having lived in the world, his life was so revolutionized by the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. Because, you know, the Bible says a famous verse that I love, one of my favorite verses, Galatians 2.20. Whenever I autograph a book or a Bible, I usually put Galatians 2.20. It goes like this. I am crucified with Christ. And that's what happened to Andrew that day when he surrendered to Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But it's not I, it's Christ living in me. Ah, my dear friend, I'll tell you, a revolution takes place in anyone's life when you open your heart to the living Christ and you become a new person. Andrew left Boston where he was working, came back to Portland, Oregon, where we as a family were living. His life was revolutionized. He began to study the Word of God. He spent hours on his knees praying, reading the Bible. He married a beautiful gal from Jamaica, and now they got two sons and a daughter. And they're such a cheerful couple, such a joyful couple. And he proclaims the good news of Jesus Christ. But what impressed me so much was that it happened so quickly, so dramatically, so almost instantaneously. Or the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, you remember, if anyone is in Christ, you become a new person altogether. The old is gone, the new has come. And we've seen it in our own family. Of course, I've seen it in thousands of other lives too. There's a fellow who's a pastor in Central America, Raul, and a tremendous fellow. He was living in the world just like Andrew. At age 21, he came to one of our bullring campaigns in Central America. He gave his life to Christ. In two years, already he was proclaiming the good news started a local church, and now they've, been, they've seen over 90 churches that have been started all over Central and South America, and even in New Jersey, USA, because there are lots of Hispanics over there, because he was transformed in one moment when he opened his heart to Christ, the risen, living Lord Jesus Christ. And today, at this very moment, the same Lord Jesus Christ that came into my son Andrew's life that came into my life when I was 12. My dad, when he was only 22, 
The same Lord Jesus is alive. And if you've never had the experience of knowing his resurrection power, of giving your heart to him in a minute, a few minutes, I'm going to give you a chance to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to let the power of the risen Christ come into your life. Because what really happens is this. You know, the, 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 the power that raised Jesus from the dead, Ephesians chapter 1 says in the Bible, is the same power that is at work in us. So when you receive Christ, you experience the power of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it isn't that your efforts change you, it's his presence in you. When Christ comes in, your life is revolutionized. And I've seen the change in so many lives. Christ lives in me. That's the secret. That's the secret of a victorious Christian life. Not a struggling, bumbling constantly rolling in the dirt kind of a life, but a victorious Christian life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, uh, thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph. One translation puts it in triumphal procession in Christ. When Christ comes into your life, believe me, it's going to be a bombshell. It's going to be a transformation. There's going to be a change in your life. The peace of God that passes all understanding will fill your heart. First, peace, because the blood of Christ shed on the cross purifies your conscience and your heart. Second, power to overcome temptations. You don't become perfect but you're a new person and you overcome temptation, not by your self-effort, but because Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. And that's not a figure of speech. That's a reality. Christ comes in to live to your heart because he rose from the dead and in all his almighty power, he comes to live within us. And when we understand it, by the way, I was 25 when I finally truly understood Christ lives in you, Luis, it's not you trying to please God. It's not you killing yourself to, to be up, uh, up to his standards. It's him living in you who will take over your life and help you to think biblical thoughts, to know God and to have that supernatural power. Because when Christ comes in, it's the Holy Spirit of God who comes in. And so God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit take over your life. And when he does, my goodness, what an impact, what a change, what peace, what joy, because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, self-control. There's great power when you receive Jesus Christ. So the living Christ first overcame the grave and death and sin and Satan and demons and hell. He broke loose from death and he comes to live within you. Secondly, he comes to give you power to live a victorious Christian life. He works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure, the pleasure of Jesus Christ. And so what happens really is when Christ comes in, the resurrected Jesus comes in, you experience, what do we call it? Well, you become God's temple. That's what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and chapter 6. You Don't you know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Imagine, I just found it hard till I was 25 to understand that it was real. Christ lives in me. God Almighty is my Father. The Holy Spirit is my power. And therefore, I am a temple of the living God. If that doesn't revolutionize your life, <laughs> I don't know whatever will. 
But if this, in a few minutes, when I give you the invitation, you open your heart to Christ, you will begin to experience, if you truly accept it from the Word of God, you, yourself, whoever you are, wherever you are, surrounded by family or alone, you, yourself, become the temple of the living God. That is the most powerful, amazing thought that can ever engage the, man, the mind of any one of us. But then thirdly, and this is why I want to give you the invitation. Jesus Christ not only uh, uh, overcame the grave and sin and hell and Satan and demons, not only does he come to live within you, but 40 days after he rose from the dead, you remember this, Jesus ascended into heaven. Do you remember? Acts chapter 1. You can read it for yourself again when, when, when we're through. And, in, and there's where Jesus ascended into heaven, and then two angels came down and the disciples were looking up as he disappeared through the clouds. And the angel said, Oh, Galileans, what are you looking up into heaven? This same Jesus who has gone up into heaven will come back the same way you saw him go up. And you know, the Bible teaches, and this is the third point. Jesus said in John chapter 14, don't let your hearts be troubled. Remember this? You believe in God. You trust in God, trust also in me. And then he said, in my father's house, heaven, there are many mansions. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And then he said, and when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and snatch you to be with me so that where I am, there you may be also. Jesus Christ at this very moment, the living Christ, is preparing a place, a mansion, the Bible says, uh, in heaven, in the Father's house, so that when, we, when he comes back to take us all and snatch us out of here, we all go to be to the presence of God Almighty, and we shall always be with the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. That's when the resurrection of the body happens. So you remember we mentioned there's a spiritual resurrection and then there's a resurrection of the body. Billy Graham, the famous servant of God who went to be with Jesus not too long ago, would tell the story about his grandma in North Carolina. You probably heard it perhaps. The family was around the bed. Grandma was very old. They thought she had gone already, but suddenly Billy said that grandma sat up in bed and he stretched, she stretched out her arms and she said, there's Jesus. And she was gone. And Billy would tell that story with such emotion. Grandma went to be with Jesus Christ. And you know, the Bible says very clearly, Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, which impacted me when I found out that I had this cancer and that I could have been gone two and a half years ago. The Lord has kept me a year and a half longer than my doctors thought, but that's his doing. But the Bible puts it this way. Paul says, the time for my departure has come. He sensed that the time was coming when he was going to go back to heaven. St. Peter says the same thing in 2 Peter. The Lord has told me that my time is near. So when you are getting ready to go to heaven, the Lord seems to speak by the Holy Spirit and give you that sense of confidence. I'm going to be with Jesus, which is better by far. And you know, my father came to Christ through missionaries in South America and he opened his heart to Christ at age 22. At age 34, he was dying. And then the family was around the bed. I was only 10 years old. Four of my five sisters were around the bed too. 
And my dad sat up in bed and he began to sing a song and clap his hands. And uh, he sang a song about heaven. And then exhausted from the galloping fever, his head fell on the pillow and he pointed up to heaven in front of the whole family. And he said, I'm going to be with Jesus, which is better by far. And a few moments later, he went to be with the Lord. Why did he have that confidence? First, because when he was 22, he opened his heart to Christ. Secondly, because he knew from the word of God that he was ready to go to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I have a friend in South America who went to be with Christ about seven years ago. He was a Jewish Christian. He was born in Syria of a very wealthy Jewish family. I talked to his son, who is still alive in Central America, yesterday to confirm the story. Edward was a boy and had a nanny. He had six brothers and sisters. The nanny treated him with special love. And she was a Syrian, not Jewish, but a believer in the Lord Jesus. The nanny loved him very specially, kind of favored Edward. When he was 10 years old, she began to tell Edward about the Lord Jesus and the assurance of heaven and the assurance of eternal life and how Christ who died on the cross to take away our sins, buried all our sins forever, rose from the dead, he's alive and he's coming back to take us home. And then a few months later, the nanny was getting old a believer in Jesus, and he said to him, Edward, I feel that Jesus is coming for me very soon. I love you so much. I want you to come to heaven and be with us in heaven, that we be together forever. It touched Edward's heart, and his father didn't oppose it at all. And Edward one day saw that she was getting old and frail, and the nanny said, Edward, come over here. Let's pray together. And he prayed with Edward, who at that point was 10, 11 years old. And then she said, Edward, Jesus is coming for me any moment now. And as they finished praying, she said, Edward, Jesus is coming for me. I see the light. And a few moments later, he'd gone to be with the Lord. Edward was only 11, 12 years old when they moved over to Central America because there was persecution of Jews in Syria in those days. He was offered to go to a college in America. And the dad said, go to any college you want. He chose a Christian's college. An evangelist came who was a Jewish Christian preacher, Hyman Appleman. And he spoke in chapel at this Christian's college. And when uh, uh, Edward heard him preach, and the evangelist gave the invitation, open your heart to Christ now. By then he was 20 years old. He opened his heart to Jesus Christ. He felt God calling him to be a missionary to the Middle East where his roots were, and he surrendered to Christ. He lived many years, and his son David and I talked about last night. He entered the kingdom of God at that moment when as a 20-year-old boy, he'd been prepared by the nanny, but at 20, he opened his heart to Christ. And you know, seven years ago, when he turned 75, the Lord took him home to heaven. I went to see him in Central America, and he was a wealthy businessman, but he lived for Jesus, supported the causes of Christ because he had eternal life. So what about you? Maybe you've known the good news just like Edward did, or 
because the nanny told them about it. Maybe your dad and mom have told you about Christ. Maybe you've heard the stories on a television program or on a radio, or maybe you've read the Bible for yourself. But have you ever opened your heart to Christ? And you know, today, as we think about the resurrection of Jesus, he says to you, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. In other words, we'll have a party like you've never had before, but you have to make your own decision. And you know, on this Sunday, on this day, rather, when we're talking about the resurrection of Jesus, I would like to guide you in a moment of commitment where you open your heart to Christ for yourself. And just like Carl's wife that I told you about from Intel, just like my dad when he was 22 and the missionary led him to Christ, just like me when I was 12 and, a, and another young fellow led me to Christ, just like Edward, whose nanny helped him to think about Jesus, and then Hyman Appleman led him to Christ. I want to lead you to Jesus Christ right now. And if you've never opened heart, your heart to Christ, let me guide you in a prayer. I will lead you phrase by phrase. And if you've never opened your heart to Christ, I would like you at this very moment to receive him into your heart. And remember, it says, God has given us eternal life. This life is in his son. Whoever has the son of God has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not yet have life. If you want the assurance of eternal life, pray with me this prayer at this very minute. Let me guide you. And if you're alone, pray out loud to the Lord or even if there's family around, let them hear you praying out loud to Jesus Christ, whether you're a 12-year-old boy like me or like Mrs. Uh, uh, Carl's wife, who was in her 50s, or my dad, who was 22, or Edward, who was 20. You give your life to Christ right now, and you'll never forget this moment when the Son of God came into your heart. So let's pray together. Pray with me these words. Oh God Almighty, Thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for the assurance of eternal life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that on that cross many years ago, you died in my place. Thank you for taking away my sin. Thank you for giving your blood so that you could purify my conscience. Right now, Lord Jesus, I open my heart to you. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. Make me your child. Give me the assurance of eternal life. I want to know you now, and I want to land in heaven the day you call me up. And oh Lord, I will serve you. I will obey you. I will live for you and bring others into your kingdom. Thank you, Father. I'm yours forever, because now Christ lives in me. And I thank you in his name, amen. Well, if you open your heart to Christ, you might want to tell someone as soon as possible what you did and what you began to experience in your life. And then someone will talk to you to guide you in the next steps of your walk with Jesus Christ. God bless you, 
and let's worship our Savior, Jesus, who's alive, risen from the dead, forever and ever and ever. Bye-bye, and the Lord bless you. Thanks, Luis. It is so good to see many of you choosing to follow the way of Jesus. And if you did that today, we would be so encouraged to know that you took that step. Mm -hmm. All you need to do if you're watching on our online platform is a box popped up in the chat room that says, I commit my life to Jesus. Click raise hand and someone from our team is there live and is willing to chat with you even now. We wanna send everyone who responded today a, a short book that I wrote called Good News Today and Tomorrow. Seven short practical chapters on how to follow Jesus every day of the week. That is our gift to you, no charge. All you need to do is go to that button and click raise hand. Now, some of you are watching after the broadcast. And so if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, some other forum, please email us at hello at 26westchurch.org. That's hello at the numbers 26westchurch.org. And that same gift, good news today and tomorrow, we'd love to send it to you even today. It's exciting to think that people are choosing to follow Jesus. Yeah, if you made that decision today, we're thrilled, we're rejoicing with you. If you made that decision years ago, um, we'd love to invite you to have communion with us mm. if you'll Go ahead and grab a glass of wine or juice or some bread and a cracker. I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death mm -hmm. until he comes. I love that last line, we proclaim. Mm -hmm. We announce that what Jesus did, he did for us. And so remember, Jesus physically died and rose again to bring about your future, physical, real, eternal resurrection. And so until then, we remember Jesus gave us these symbols to remind us it's real and it's for us. And so the bread and the cup are gifts for you. If you've chosen to follow Jesus, this is his gift, his reminder to you. So we eat it and we drink it by faith, mm -hmm. knowing that we belong to him now and we will be with him forever. So let's proclaim, let's announce this, whether you're home alone or, or you're with a group, I'm gonna invite you to grab that bread and grab that cup. And I'm gonna lead us in prayer and then we can take it together. Mm -hmm. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for the reminder today from Luis Palau, the gift of eternal life. And Jesus, because we've received this by your mercy and grace through faith, we now eat and drink with confidence, knowing that we belong to you today, right now, that we have your Holy Spirit living inside of us, the power to live the resurrected Jesus life. And Lord, we, we choose to believe one day you're going to return and we trust you that you're gonna bring us home to be with you. Lord, until then, give us the power to live for you day by day as we eat and drink in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to eat and drink even at home. Thank you 
so much for taking the time to watch, and I hope that you made your decision to follow Jesus Christ. If you did during this uh, broadcast, please let us know. If you're watching on our online church platform, there's a box that popped up that said, I commit my life to Jesus. Simply click, click raise hand, and our team would love to get in touch with you right now. Uh, we wanna send you a copy of this book, Good News Today and Tomorrow, seven short chapters to help you follow Jesus day by day. If you're watching afterwards on YouTube, Facebook, or any other platform, all you need to do is email us at hello at 26westchurch.org. That's hello at the numbers 26westchurch.org, and we'll send you that same free gift. Every week we'll be here until we can gather live uh, online on Sundays at 10 a.m. All you need to do is go to our website, 26westchurch.org, and we would love to gather with you Sunday by Sunday and be of help in any way that we can. Well, until next week, I look forward to seeing you. I pray God's blessing over your week and have a fantastic Easter.